All right, so, um, yeah, we're, we're right in this miracle series, and I know when the miracle series ends, the miracles end as well. No, it doesn't. No, the miracles have been part of your life for years. It's always been there. We're not saying it's just now. We're not saying there's this, I mean, we prayed for those blocks that, that Rudolph helped us out with, with the praying of the team that's going to Ghent, and I was praying um, for, for Diervold because there's five women uh, and just one man in that group. I don't know, that's, Diervold, you need some prayer there? I'm going to pray for you, my brother. Um, one is good, but five is a lot. All right, so, so ultimately when we look at at, a, at, at this, this miracle that we're going to discuss this morning, um, and that is set in John 5, um, or John 6, verse 5 to 11. Uh, we know this miracle so well. It's been preached over and over, and I'm going to preach it again, because apparently I haven't heard it and not acted on it, so God help me there. I'm going I'm I'm to give it again. But ultimately, um, there is such a great piece of Scripture that God has broken up in my life and also an avenue of where we're going with this. Uh, but the Gospel of John is interesting. Uh, it's written by whom? John. Okay, so it's written by the disciple uh, whom Jesus loved. He writes about himself. How interesting is that? The, the writer of John tells all of us he's the disciple that Jesus loved. Just saying it outright. He's laying the foundation. He's going, it is I. If you were wondering, Jesus loved me, this disciple. I'm saying that about Marinus as well. Okay, I'm just saying. Um, but ultimately, um, it is an eyewitness testimony. It's one of the miracles. It's the only miracle uh, that is found in all the four epistles uh, that tells the same story just from different angles. The, only, the, only, the first and only one. And so uh, you'll find it in Matthew 14. In Mark 6, in Luke 9, and like we're going to read now in John 6 as well. Um, Jesus is not only the Messiah in this moment. He is showing to something bigger than you and I should not miss. Uh, what happens in this miracle of feeding 5,000? Anyone? He feeds 5,000. Okay, great. And so ultimately, it's not difficult, but when they call on the numbers of the 5,000, they're actually only counting men. Don't ask me why and don't become women liberal. I'm just saying, when we count all of them together, um, it, it is possible that there would be between 10,000 and 15,000 people that day. Now, I've been to a cricket match, like you know, a couple of weeks back, here on Centurion Cricket Park, and there was 10,700 people at that cricket game. And so I can tell you, that's a lot. So let's half of that, and it was only men that followed Jesus, but let's say there was women and uh, children included. Let's say 10,000. Let's be safe. 10,000 people walked behind Jesus while he was moving from one town to the other doing miracles. And then at what stage? I have read this before and went, did they not know? Did they not think ahead? Who's the planners here? Who's the visionaries sitting here? You go, what, well, how can they not have been prepared? Why did Jesus not take a Sami in his back pocket and walk there? And he knew a fricadel will take him a long way. No. But ultimately, this plays off like this. That it starts as a poetry moment that John has about Jesus. 
Now, interestingly enough, uh, Jesus, Jesus is given seven titles um, while we are reading these miracles through the epistles. Uh, and, it, and it goes like this. Firstly, he is shown as the Lamb of God, um, the title of the Son of God, uh, Rabbi, they call him out, the Son of Man, Messiah, King of Israel, Jesus of Nazareth. Those are the titles he's been given. And then there's about eight um, of these revealed through the scriptures that we're going to read. Uh, and we read about the wedding at Cana. Jesus is generous. Uh, the clearing at the temple where he flogged them out. He literally chased them out with a, with a sweep. Amen. Uh, Jesus is God of the temple. Um, and then Nicodemus, that moment in the tree. Amen. Have you, have you read that? Jesus is not just a rabbi, but one who brings new birth. He's speaking to Nicodemus about being reborn. And then the woman at the well, Jesus is the living water. He speaks about that. And we've spoken about that a couple of weeks back as well. The healing of the Sabbath, Jesus and the Father is one. Or one, feeding of the 5,000, which we're going to do right now. Um, the feast stories, Jesus is the light of the world. And Lazarus, uh, that we're going to get to next week with Moritz preaching about that. Today's 5,000, being feeding the 5,000 and more, is not only about provision. It is the heart of Jesus not to let people suffer. Not only meeting our needs, preparing them for what is about to come. He prepares all of us. If I would ask you what is going on in your bank account this morning, if I can ask you to tell me how much is in it, let's say all of you agree, what would it be? Less than they're supposed to be. Someone said? 50 rankies, maxi spot, I remember that. So, so when we think of value and when we think of provision and when we think of covering, we think of Jesus' love, sometimes we immediately go to that, isn't it? That's our first gone. If Jesus loves me, then... No, no, no. Jesus loves you. Doesn't matter what. I heard of this, this man that that ministered to the poor um, that was based at a specific dumping ground uh, in the U.S. And the Lord said to him, you can't minister to those people if you don't live among them. I'm not saying for all of us that's true. He sold everything he had. Built a shack. Started a ministry. Living among them and then ministering to them. He lived like them. He started to eat what they eat. I have the same story of, of the missionary going to the lepers at an, in an island, at an island. And then while ministering, he became a leper himself. And then only the gospel became real for those people. Sometimes it is going to cost you everything. It's going to cost you everything now. Amen. For those team, for that team that's going to gain tomorrow, I pray just now that God will prepare your hearts for going. But I also prayed that He will prepare your hearts when you come back, because you're not going to be the same again. 
So you'll see when we do the scripture, uh, the narrative of the, of the stories is built around um, people looking at a sign or signs and wonders. Then people are starting to be convinced of those signs and wonders. Then people are following the one that does the sign and wonders for them. And today God is giving us a clear sign for this movement where we are heading. And God is going to tell you and help you where you should move towards. And so let's read together the scripture of the morning that is in John 6. It is a long piece of scripture. Please bear with me. I'm not going to entertain you, but if it's funny, please laugh in between. That helps me a lot. I'm kidding, but okay. Tough crowd, eh, Marius? Um, one of the four, great. Uh, lifting up his eyes then and seeing that a large crowd was coming towards him, Jesus said to Philip, where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? Listen, they did, Jesus did not notice uh, 10,000 people when he stopped. You will hear people walking behind you when there's 10,000 of them. They'll be murmuring. Kids will be crying. People will be shouting. There'll be a goat in between. I don't know. There's always a goat in that movie. Are you watching, are you watching The Chosen? Sandals, sand, and goats. It's there. Okay. And uh, uh, what are you amazing. You are welcome to watch that. That's an amazing uh, series. Uh, and so then he said, um, he said to them, he said this to, to taste them. For he himself knew what he would do. So Jesus wasn't unprepared. We don't have to ask questions like, yeah, but didn't Jesus know? No, he was setting them up. For what? For a miracle, for a sign. It's not only that people saw the sign. It's not only that they believed in it. They knew who the, who the miracle maker, the sign maker was. That's why they followed. And so Philip answered him. Now listen to this. 200 denarii worth of bread will not be enough for each of them to get a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they for so many? So here's two scenarios. One um, is, is Philip comes to Jesus and says, We don't have enough money to feed them. So there's an experience exposition, but there is something that comes out of Philip's heart when he comes to Jesus that he already saw a lot of other miracles happen. This wasn't the first. So we can ask a few questions here. Was Philip unfaithful? Was, didn't he have any faith? When he, when sometimes you get to the, to, the, to the till, you go, I don't think I have enough money for this bread and milk. Who's been there before? You're like, Jesus? You have to help me. I'm going to swipe this card right now. And Lord, I pray that this goes through. Have you been there before? Oh, the other day. Thank you, Vis. There is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish. But what are they for so many? Jesus said, have the people sit down. Now there was much grass in this place, almost like by the cricket. They sat down, they were comfortable. So the men sat down, about 5,000 in number, just the men. And then Jesus then took the loaves, um, and when he had given thanks, 
he distributed them to those who were seated. So also the fish, as much as they wanted. And when they had eaten their full, he told his disciples, gather up the leftover fragments that nothing may be lost. So they gather up and full 12 baskets of fragments from the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten. When the people saw the sign that he had done, they said, this is indeed uh, the prophet who is to come into the world. There's another verse after that says, um, when they wanted to stone him one of the times, uh, the people that followed Jesus said, how can they believe in another Messiah coming if this Messiah is already doing these signs and wonders? What, what, what will they expect from the next one coming? If this is already part of who he was. So this is amazing to see Jesus feeding them. So I brought, I brought five loaves and two fishes today. And so I wanted to show you that we're about 100 people here, if I guess right. Can anyone tell me if that is correct? Yeah, 100? 99? Oh, I should go out for the 100th one. Excuse me. Goodbye. Thank you so much. Catherine, you take over. All right. So I brought five loaves. Uh, it wasn't big ones. I'm thinking that if a boy brought um, five loaves and two fishes, his whole family was probably there. And among 10,700 people, he was the only one that could bear through to the front by the disciples to go and give it to them. So I think it's, it's, the, it's the parents and the family's whole, whole lunch. Okay, so they thought ahead. But Jesus also. So that's one. Um, these two. Three. Anyone doing soup today? You can have the loaves afterwards. There's five. Yeah. And then the two fishes, I thought, uh, would be difficult to get. Um, I did actually wanted to get two real full fishes, but then sometimes when people visit, they will not come again. Uh, so I, I've decided against that. Um, so I brought these fishes, okay, because <laughs> it was safe um, and colorful. I like the color. There's not three, there's only two. Okay, so there's two fishes there. And then I brought some uh, that you can also have, all right. So if there's kids, you can give it to them, Catherine. So, yeah, distribute them. I'm praying that God will multiply them. That was a joke. That was a funny joke. And so when we look at five loaves, and I'm sure it wasn't bigger, possibly bigger than that. Uh, it could have been huge, but still, 10,000, 12,000 people, uh, that's just ridiculous. Uh, even if it was a big fish, even if it was a tuna, and a tuna is huge, it wouldn't have filled everyone. But ultimately, when they were starting to give it out in faith, something happened. How on earth would people think that it is a miracle among 15,000 people, more or less, being fed, that that was a miracle that Jesus did, which they didn't see. Let's say there was, what would be the reason for people to think Jesus did a miracle on food? Maybe someone brought, maybe we couldn't see, maybe there was a truck, I don't know. What is the reason, you can answer me, anyone, what, did you, what do you think was the reason that people thought this was a miracle that Jesus has done when they had enough to eat? Anyone, think of it quickly. Raise your hand and tell me. Yes. The abundance. I want you to hear it. Oh, I didn't pay her. Eh? Give that woman a fish. 
Give her a fish right now. The abundance at which they were satisfied, the amount that was served, that which was left over was so much that it couldn't have been anything or anyone else's doing. I want you to hear it. When God does a miracle, He does more than enough. Who here wants to testify about their miracle this morning? Who's ready? Who wants to do it this morning? Can you keep it short? No, 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 no. You have two minutes. Two minutes. Come. Give him a round. Come on. But you can start, come. Hello, guys. Uh, so, yeah, um, last year, I'd say middle of last year, I got retrenched. And I was really quite in a bad place. Didn't know what we were going to do. We were finishing off projects where we were working on. And that was it. I didn't know where I was going to go. And through this all, I didn't even think about it anymore because the miracle that happened was so big, it just blinds everything that happened in the past. I got a new job. Um, I've been taking out of my comfort zone because what I was used to doing is it's in the same field, but it's something different. And by God's grace, I've been excelling and I've, I've just been doing good. So my miracle is don't worry about it. God will take you out of a position and put you in a new one, even if you don't know what's going on, it would be great. It would be the best day of your life. Come on. Yeah. He gets a fish. Rudolf, you want to come? You, you have something small. It's, is it yours? It needs to be yours. Okay, <laughs> was that one okay? Oh, Rudolf can speak to a crowd. I, li I like him very much. All right. Um, so, now, if you want to share, you're welcome to. Come. I'll arrange with him, then we can share the whole story. But just the abundance part, uh, our daughter is now six um, on uh, 32 weeks, they told us she's never going to go to a normal school. There was 28 milliliters uh, water on her brain. So we had to pray for two weeks, and they had to decide what they're going to do. And it ended up 8.5 millimeters. So the doctors were, said they would be happy with 15, but the abundance. And then all of our kids started to speak uh, very late. And even walking, they were a little bit lazy. So they started to walk at 14 14 weeks, a month or so. She started to walk on one year. And the two parts that the water was at the, the, uh, said she, she wouldn't ever uh, speak and she couldn't walk ever. And the, the, it's just the, the way you do. It was just not uh, touching her, but... Um, That's the word. Yeah, just, um, Rilf, I'm not finished with you. Um, so the measurement. Yeah, I'll give him a fish. Yeah, here we go. So the measurement of what God has given you. So when you guys prayed, 
What was the prayers you prayed over her? It was really tough. <laughs> I can share that because um, we heard of the bad thing that happened just before my birthday. So we already invited the whole family and so on. And it was really bad because God showed us we must change the name. And the, the thing you are scared of is to... to, to um, other, other people uh, maybe won't experience it the way that you experience it. So that was our first scare. So my mother, for instance, and uh, you know I love my mother, and she, we, 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 we talked about this several times. So she, she came to us, she said, let's pray that God's will will, will you know, be done in this situation. And we literally said to her, uh, God said us we must pray for what's on our hearts. And it's not on our hearts to, so that His will will Will, will happen. It's on her heart that, that she will be healed. So we specifically asked God to heal her and told people that she's healed before, before it happened. Um, so that was what we directly prayed for. And actually, I, I was looking at the WhatsApps I sent to you that time, uh, just a while ago, and I was looking at it, and we literally said, pray for, for milliliters of water to disappear. So that's what we, we prayed for. That is incredible. Amen. <clears throat> And so there are definitely more testimonies like that and miracles here, and we're going to revisit them, and we're going to polish them, and we're going to give them to the community, amen, because we need to hear about things that God has done so that it wakes us up and that God is not only doing miracles because every nation is. He's, he's not stopped doing miracles since the day Jesus came and did His first. And so in that miracle moment, there's a couple of things that happen. There's this Philip moment where he's counting the, the saints, the rands. This is not enough. It's not making sense. Yeah, if, if, if it is God, it will make sense. It'll fall into the box. My God works like that. If it's God, then it, it'll fit in right there. But God doesn't work like that. God will sometimes works out of the box. Do you know that? He doesn't work the way that you and I would think He would. He works differently. But then there's also that piece of Scripture and that part where, where there was leftovers because of a boy, a young boy bringing five barley loaves and two fish. And Simon Peter goes, I think he was funny. He was the funny one in the group possibly. Because he saw the 10,000 and he went, hey, I have five loaves and two fishes. I thought he made a joke. And like, yeah. And half of the disciples laughed. The other was like rebuking him. He was maybe like 14 years old, made stupid jokes, like, okay. And so, and so I don't know in which manner that happened, but it wasn't Simon Peter's faith. It was a faith like a child that saw what was needed. The murmuring spread over the crowd. They knew they were in trouble. They were too far People were hungry. They were walking for days, not just hours. The need was big, and Jesus came through. He knew what was necessary. He set his disciples up. I want to ask you, do you know sometimes God sets you up? Not for failure, for a test. Do you know that? God tests us. He puts us through tests so that we might choose. I step a lane, that solid line I was speaking of. You can choose whichever you want. 
And so while we're speaking right now, people are being convinced by the miracle of their life, not only the miracles they hear of. There are things in your life that no one is allowed to sit here and you can go, I don't have a testimony of God working in my life. I would call you out. I would say that's not true. The fact that you are still here is the miracle. The fact you're sitting in this family, spiritual family, is the miracle. And there are a lot more than that to come. But ultimately for us, knowing, understanding that God has such a big plan for us, there are three things that are really apparent in the Scriptures, and I want to run them through with you right now. Firstly, it's the external and the internal problem. The external problem is the world, the finances, the things that we're short of. But the internal problem is we need to build our faith. If you ask someone that believes, uh, what do you believe in? They'll tell you, I believe in God. But then you'll ask them, the very next question would be, what are you? Are you in trouble? Are you trusting for something? And then sometimes they paint that mountain so big, that problem is so extensively high, that their proclamation of who God is, is not measuring up on what they just did and communicated. Amen? Have you been there before? Oh, God's good. What's wrong? Oh, a mountain is wrong. Big things. And they can be serious things. It can be family issues, marriages, um, it can be sickness, cancer, it can be, it can be real things. But then sometimes people, it's almost like they're giving themselves away in conversation, which the other day I heard of someone speaking, giving a testimony about a conversation they had with someone, and the very first thing that came out of their mouth was, but why would God, a loving God, allow these things? Have you heard that before? Oh, I've thought them before. I don't know if you. But that is where our faith needs to be in place, cemented. It needs to be solidified in what we know about Him. Not only do we, have you heard about the signs, not only have we see them, we are a sign we are a miracle. We are a walking testimony of who Jesus is. And if that is actually true, people will come to you with their problems. They'll come to you for prayer. They'll come to you for deliverance. They'll come to you for salvation. If they don't do those things, you need to speak out louder of what and in who you believe. Amen? The challenge is not knowing Him. The challenge is making Him known. And this morning isn't different. The external and the internal problem. Then secondly, the generous and the seed. Ooh, it's lovely. You're going to enjoy this right now. This is so cool. God comes, asks of us what? Generosity. He asks of us our little. He asks us, what do you have in your hand? What is it that you can give? I don't care how small it is. You want, I want to honor you guys this morning, eh? I don't care that there's a backtrack playing. I don't, I, I'm, I don't even mind the rhythm. The worship was good this morning. It was phenomenal. Your heart of leading us in that is very special. I want to honor you. And just, um, friend, thank you so much. That woman voice of yours, there she is, uh, is, uh, is, 
is not only touch. I could, I could go with it. You could only sing to me and I can worship. I can de- deafen everything else. Um, but it is not this nice, just the sound that comes out. It is the heart behind it. It is the motive. What is it that you have to give this morning? Is it what I'm asking? Oh, and then we have the coolest bass player in Centurion. And when I look at that man, I'm just thinking, yeah, that's the way that we should worship. Oh, he's there. He's just there. He's in the rhythm. He's beautiful. It's nice. We have to put him on stage. Okay, that's great. But when I look at the miracles of Jesus doing a miracle, but also trusting a young boy to have so much faith and saying, Lord, this is what I have. Maybe I can help. If we go into the kingdom of God with that mentality, going, Lord, I don't have a lot, but this is what I have to give, then God can bless it abundantly. It goes from generous into seed. Do you know that Jesus does not need your money? He needs your generosity. He's not after your bank account. I am definitely not after it. There's things we need to pay. That's not on me. That's on you. Your heart in giving is the motive that is expressed out of the, the way and the manner that you give. God says he loves a cheerful giver. I'm not going to force cheerfully that you give. I can motivate you. Oh, but if you give out of love and and Jesus is in your heart, and you give because you believe in what we do in this movement, then giving is easy. Generosity is is not a problem. Because why? Because God will multiply the seed. He will bring forth and double it and make it overflow. There will be enough left over at the end of it. That you can believe. My God spoke one word until today. Everything that you see and still what we're not going to see, still going to be see later when we meet him again, is still creating from the first time he did that 4,000 years ago, I believe. Maybe six, sorry, 6,000 years ago. And so for me to stand here this morning, I tell you that what God has spoken into your life when he sent you as a baby being born, that promise is still true today. And you need to remind, be reminded. You need to remind each other. God's scripture needs to motivate you that what he spoke into you the first time is still gonna play himself out in God's way. Amen? And you need to trust in him. Do not trust in this church, please. When you put your trust in me, please put your trust in Jesus first. You are allowed to trust me. Oh, but then you pray for me. And so this morning, I'm asking the question, what is it that is in your hand? Where is that young boy's faith that needs to be stirred or woken up in your spirit this morning? I'm not speaking about tithing. We'll do that in a couple of weeks' time. I'm not going to tell you which morning because then you won't come. I'm gonna, we're going to do it over two weeks as well. You won't know it's coming. We're definitely going to speak about tithing. So uh, prepare yourselves. But it's not today. I'm speaking about the heart condition of generosity. Do you know why we tithe? Because 
you give that money in trust and going, Lord, I trust you in doing and multiplying this seed in whatever you want to do. You giving the control over to Jesus, I'm asking you, would you give over the control of what you have to give to him as well? Don't look at it and go, ah, that's not, that's not enough. Ah, that's not, gonna, that's, not worth, that's not worth a lot. I don't think that's going to make a difference. You might look at that and go, I think I have to dress it up just better. Who brings marshmallow fish to a sermon? I'm asking you what it is that you are bringing to this table. We are not 10,000, 15,000 people here. We're 99 this morning. What is it that you are bringing to this family that will make this family feel blessed? And the seed that you put in here, doesn't matter which one it is, praying, giving, or going, whichever way it is, what is it that God is calling you out to be part of here? That's what I'm asking. I want to pray for you. Let's close our eyes. You can open up that again. I didn't do my last one. Gratitude and faith. Let's just finish off well. Here's the, the prayer part. Did you know that gratitude builds faith? Did you know that when you and I are thankful for what we have, that builds our faith. Do you know when 10 people were, were sick and Jesus healed, all 10 of them, only one came back in gratitude and received the gospel. The others just received healing. They didn't believe. They weren't thankful. They weren't grateful. If you want to build your faith completely, be thankful, be grateful, have gratitude. Speak it out. Pray it out. Say it to God. Let's do it now. Thank you. We can close our eyes now. Father God, I pray that as you broke your bread that day in front of the, the 12 disciples, you broke your body for them and so also for us. When you drank the wine, it was a, it was a, a showing of the blood of Jesus flowing over our sin, covering us completely more than enough. Just the miracle, Lord, of you saving us will be enough for me till you come and fetch me again. May our hearts be full of gratitude that we need nothing except salvation. And then when you add anything to that, that we will be grateful for every single blessing you bestow upon us. In the name of Jesus. I pray, Father God, for a a grateful church is an active one. I pray that you will activate us not only in gratitude, but you'll activate us in faithfulness. You'll activate, Lord, our faith inside like that young boy, that child like faith, so that we can see the miracles in people's lives happen. I thank you just at the top of my head for, for, for people that you've saved for the miracles that you've done in their lives, healing them completely. 
My heart is full. I have enough, Lord. But still my spirit beckons to you. It calls to you to give us the lost. Give us the lost, Lord. May the lost see Jesus. May they receive not only a sign or a wonder, that they will receive the fullness of Jesus Christ. That they will not go to hell, that they will go to heaven. That they will not choose the left side and going off and veering off further. No, they will choose the right path. The one that is, that is built on the rock that is Jesus. The cornerstone of our belief. This morning I'm standing in front of you, Lord, a mere man. No title can cover my sin. No clothing can, can shadow my iniquities and my shortcomings. But Lord, you know my heart. And my heart is for you. And my heart is sold out to you. I pray for not only a church, men, women, and children, that our faith like a child will stir and stand up. And we will see more and more miracles because we, can't, we start to speak out the goodness of God over other people. When people come with negativity, we give them a testimony. When they come with ESCOM stuff, Lord, we, we show them that Jesus is the light of the world. Father God, when there's, there's challenges in our families, Father God, we speak Jesus into it. I pray that we will use you more in faith. And then by being thankful of what you've done, it stirs our faith more. Thank you for the time that our congregation gives. Thank you for the finances that they bestow upon this congregation. We bless them. I pray this morning that they will see what is in their hand to give. And they will not hold back in giving it all of themselves. In the name of Jesus. Amen and amen.